and Cliff had an airsoft gun, you know, mm-hmm. like one of those little rubber bully fucking yep. pistols. And I was shooting everyone at the party like a total fucking drunk asshole. Uh-huh. And I shot you like a few times. And uh-huh. you were like, if you shoot me one more fucking time with that pistol, I'm going to cut you. And I was like, yeah, okay. So I like shot you. And then you walked up and shoulder checked me. And then like we oh, both had a little laugh about it. And, yeah. and I, I went home and I was taking my pants off. And there was a fucking slice in my jeans. And I was like, oh, God, that motherfucker dude. actually oh, no. cut me. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. I don't remember yeah. doing that at all, dude. Oh, my I God. I was blown away. Oh. And I was impressed. Get Heavy Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to Get Heavy Podcast. Welcome to another fucking beautiful episode coming at you. Uh, Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I don't know when you're listening to this. Uh, I hope uh, if it's on your way to work, I hope it's an all right drive. You're not stuck in fucking traffic. Uh, You probably are if you live in L.A., uh, or Ventura or anywhere else. Cause apparently COVID's over. Um, we got a cool fucking episode. One of my old friends, Bryce Ferguson, Bryce, the Colonel Ferguson from Colonel records. Uh, we met back in, I don't know, it's been at least 10, 15 years ago. He was working at Hydrahead at the time, a fucking truly, honestly, awesome fucking guy. From the moment we met, we decided we were friends and, uh, you know, it's cool to see what he's, uh, developed into a father a fucking just an all-around good motherfucker man you know uh we got some cool stories apparently i tried to stab him so that's a whole thing um this podcast is sponsored by salzer's records 5777 valentine road ventura california 50 plus years of providing you with an incredible amount of fucking music gifts records tapes, vinyl, um, CDs, whatever you want. They got a head shop up there full of all the things, all the doodads, the gadgets that you want uh, to get fucking high as a kite, baby. Test clean. They got everything up there. They got an adult shop for all you little freaks out there. Whatever you want, you can put it in yourself. They supply it. Uh, Salzer's Records, 50 years, independent music shop owned by the Salzer's family. R.I.P. Jim. God damn it, I miss you. Um, check it out, man. Open 11 to 7 daily. Uh, check out the record store and also the last video store on earth of Soldier's video across the street. You can find anything you want there. Shit that you cannot find on YouTube. Imagine that. It's not on YouTube. They got it at Soldier's video. Go check that place out, man. Uh, for over 50 years, they've been serving the community. Um, Jim did amazing shows in the 60s and 70s. He was a massive promoter, started that record store, and it has gone strong ever since. I've said it a million times. I love that place. Uh, It started my real life. I met my wife there. I met my friends there. I started all of most of my bands that did shit there. Uh, I love that fucking place. Go support. Let's keep it around for another 50 years. Salzer's fucking records. Fuck Amoeba. Hello. Look at you, you classy motherfucker. 
<laughs> Damn, dude, you got the backdrop and everything. I do. Yeah, I'm at work. Uh, I, I don't know for sure, but I'm fairly certain this was installed during the COVID. Uh, you know, that we're doing a ton of Zoom meetings. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, we got this big, giant picture behind <laughs> me. Is that of, uh, are you in Jackson? Is that where I you am? Are, right? Yep. Yeah. Back That's in Jackson. Amazing, man. We just got back from Yellowstone, man, and I, I wanted to make it down there to say hi, but, dude, that park is so fucking massive. And, it is huge. You know what I mean? It was just, we didn't spend one day less than five hours in the car, I mean, or the you, truck, you know? Right. You could do, like, a month in Yellowstone and see still see not everything. I, I feel like so. I feel everything. That is true, man. It's it's uh, incredible. We, we, we did the lower loop, right? Oh, nice. We saw the turnoff for you, and then... It was still like another 60 miles. I was like, oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> Low driving, too. It's like 60 on a map. You're like, oh, cool. You know, yeah. like we can go. It'll be like an hour. But right. once you're in the park and you're with all that traffic, all the yeah. animal jams, it's going to take you like three and a half, four hours to get that 60 miles. Totally. We did. It was about six hours to do the full lower loop. You know what I mean? And that yeah. was stopping and fucking doing the things and all that, you know. It is wild here. So we, my wife and I just went out to the park for her birthday last weekend. And, uh, <laughs> we, we got there as a Sunday and I was like, all right, you know, it shouldn't be that bad. We went to like kind of a secret spot. Mm. We pulled in and there was a line of traffic in front of us. We waited an hour and a half Damn. to get parking. All Damn. of these cars in the yeah. national park just idling. You know, just pumping all of the, the yeah exhaust into the ozone. And this is this is standard for the summers here. Yeah, it was incredible. Like we we got there, and the lady at the hotel. We went through the west gate. The lady at the hotel was like, "Listen, don't fuck around. Get into the park before seven. Yes. You know what I mean? I was like, "Really? It's that bad?" She's all, "It's so bad." And I was like, "Okay, cool." Like so, we did it. You know, and we got in easy and out easy, dude. It was because we got in before the rush. First day we did, we shot down to Old Faithful. Yep. You know, did all the things the on the way walk. back out. Yeah, did all those things. The fucking kids pooped out, you know. And, and I forget, you know, <laughs> we're at 10,000 elevation up there. Oh, yeah. And the kids were like, we can't breathe. I'm like, stop being fucking whiners. Acclimation <laughs> <The laughs> yeah, is yeah, actually it's, pretty it's wild. brutal, dude. And then I realized, oh, yeah, dude, no one can breathe up here, you know, because I'm, <laughs> I'm a, a fucking savage. I was like, I'll just die. I get I here. Fine. That's fine. You know. But, yeah, uh, and I mean, you got to factor in the level of smoke that we have pumping in here from all the wildfires too. Right, like yeah. we have thin air and yeah. it is smoky. Yeah, is uh, it smoky down there? Because it wasn't in the oh, park yeah. when we were there, but it was. We, it was every ounce of the trip up and on the way back was pure fucking smoke. We got so the Jackson borders Idaho. Um, mm-hmm. We're like twenty minutes to the first town in Idaho, mm-hmm. um, and there are some pretty crazy wildfires happening over there. And yeah, it's that's just, bad, dude floating right over yeah it's just um, i've yeah. said it you know we have like three seasons it's spring summer and apocalypse and that's fucking <laughs> exactly. it. like that's and what just, we have it's slowly just becoming apocalypse i know yeah and like, everyone's like well i guess this is what it is now <laughs> <laughs> especially here it is it's grim i feel like uh like everyone comes to jackson with this promise that it's going to be like this beautiful natural wonderland mm-hmm. and um recently it feels like i'm living in epcot center like really downtown area is just horrible it's just completely packed with uh tourists from all over the place um we we've gotten to the point 
it's so bad here. There's a housing crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, uh, the level of tourism that we got, we've almost doubled what we had last year, which was record breaking. Wow. Nat Geo ran a story. Yeah. Um, so none of the restaurants downtown can operate. So wow. they're all starving for help. So minimum wage here. I just saw that they're offering $30 an hour to work at Subway. No subway. way. Yeah. Damn. Because they cannot stay open. They just don't have people that live in town that can work. Yeah. Um, so sense, you have man. all of these tourists coming here and they're going downtown and they're all so pissed because there's no restaurants. Restaurants right. operate like three days a week for four hour windows. Right. And so there's really no like, there's yeah. no food. Uh, so it, it keeps getting grimmer for the tourists Damn, and then, dude. you know, well, that's kind of good us, though. Cause you're like, yeah, motherfuckers, it's terrible here. Oh Get yeah. Out. Oh, absolutely. Come <laughs> yeah. to Jackson. You can't yeah. see the mountains because of the smoke. There's no food to eat. You'll yeah. sit in traffic for hours and hours and hours. Please yeah. come on down. Yeah, come on. I think you think I, I would assume the influx main, a lot of it is probably because of COVID, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know it started I mean? no one did shit for a year and a half. Yep. You know, and I mean, I think the big boom we had last summer was that COVID uh, stimmy check boom. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm not working. I'm renting an RV. I'm yep. putting my whole clan in it. Right. We're gonna drive across the country and fuck up every national park on our way out. Yeah, totally. Just throwing uh, cigarette butts and exactly Edo's bags out of it while you're riding. <laughs> exactly. It is Literally. insane. It's like yeehaw, motherfuckers! We're, <laughs> We're going to NASCAR after this shit. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. Yeah, man, it makes sense. I mean, I saw some goofy shit when I was there, man. I mean, I yes, kind of talked about it, but a lady fucking. I mean, I basically saved some chick's life, dude. We were pulled over to look at a buffalo or bison. Oh, or whatever, my you know? God. I, I yeah. know there's a difference, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm a moron. Um, and uh, so I'm fucking they, standing they there. Work. Yeah, I'm standing there, and I'm like 50 feet away, and it's right on a trailhead. It's just sitting in the road, you know, like they do because they're fucking, you know, the giant assholes of Yellowstone. <laughs> and I'm like taking pictures, and I'm watching these two chicks just beeline straight for it, like straight for it. And they're about Beautiful. 15 feet away, and I'm like, I'm like, no way. And now the buffalo is looking at him like, really? Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, really, motherfuckers? And I, I'm all, hey, what are you doing? And she's like, I got to walk on the trail. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I I wouldn't get any closer to that fucking thing, dude. And she's like, what am I supposed to do? And I'm like, I don't know, bitch. Walk around it. You know, it's a two-lane <laughs> road. Like, fucking go around, you know? And she's like, ah. You know, like, well, yeah. like, I'm like, you're going to, and I thought like, if it was just me, I would have watched it happen. But you know, on top of having my kids in the car, watching someone get mauled to of death, course. you know what I mean? Which, you know, it's a learning experience. Um, we were just going over there. These questions that happen around town and we all locals bring them up with each other. You know, I work the, the, the building I work in is a public building. It's a mm-hmm. nonprofit building for art uh associated nonprofits. okay Uh, so we're open to plenty of tourism you can come in go through the galleries and just kind of check out what we're doing right right um and we get some odd questions uh what time do they let the animals out in the morning (laughs) i'm not even kidding like that is a legitimate question that has been asked while i've been here uh we had at what elevation does an elk turn into a moose Okay. 
No, I kid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like when you release a pig into the wild, it does become a boar. <laughs> right. Same thing with elk and with moose. An elk obviously. and a moose. Yeah. Same shit. <laughs> you know, the higher you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing I didn't see was a moose. I oh, saw, you didn't see I saw everything. No, I didn't see any moose. Yeah, but, they're um, around. They're fucking elk are big, dude, and moose are bigger, right? They I mean, are. Yeah. You almost like, you know, there's a lot of wildlife accidents here. Yeah. You almost oh, would prefer to hit a moose because you're just going to hit its legs and the rest of it will fly over your you hope, It's not going right. to go through your windshield right, right. like an elk or deer. Yeah, dude. it's It was crazy. I mean, scattered deer everywhere and stuff. But how long I, – I know – so you got – you've jumped around a lot. I mean, it's been yeah. a – first of all, it's really nice to see you. It's been it's many years. It's good to see you, you too, know what man. I mean? I was, I've been really looking forward to this. And yeah, I'm, man. I'm I know we've had to reschedule you know, a bunch of times. I got shit. You got shit. Yeah. Being yeah. a dad, you know, it's like – Yeah. Yeah, and shit's in the air, dude. New dad is, yeah, yeah. My yeah. my schedule's tough. <laughs> yeah. So why? What? You guys were in the south, and then you moved over there. Yeah. So uh, we were living in Atlanta for a couple years. Um, my Atlanta, wife's family's dude. from down there. Yeah. Um, and we have a lot of friends there, and uh, a lot of our bands uh, were kind of located there for a while, right. or at least we worked with New York bands that had members that were from Atlanta. So. Yeah getting out of new york we were in new i was in new york almost 20 years like 17 years right um, yeah. and getting out of new york we needed an easy transition um job wise and yeah. uh atlanta was you know the perfect zone it was cheap easy to move in and we had a lot of friends there um so we got down there we lived there for four years um and it was great uh atlanta is still a wild town it is um, man I've had some yeah. of the most wild tour things that have happened have been in Atlanta. Is <laughs> that drunken unicorn? Says. Is that oh, Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there underneath. Was some, uh, there was some weird shit that went down over there in that town, dude. <laughs> Especially uh, over there, like yeah. by where the drunken yeah. unicorn is. We, we actually showed a whole, you know, H-U-L-L, whole the band. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We went on a tour with them with the Wrath, and we, I think our true actual colors came out on them at that, in that <laughs> fuck, and that night, we got shit housed on uh jim beam oh yeah and fucking we went like full we call it going night zoo right like where the, when the animals come out you know yeah. and they were fucking they were like and they're new york guys they're fucking badasses and all that yeah. but they're not ready for weirdo beach dudes man <laughs> and we fucking got weird man like you know they all went to get cool matching tattoos and we got shit house in the van and went to the like it turned into a nightclub or like a bar or something after. Yeah, downstairs in, right. in the drunken it's unicorn. Fucking, yeah, I think one. I think our guitar player like finger banged a chick on the dance floor. <laughs> it got fucking weird over there, bro. I mean, it, it's it, consensually, consensually. Right, right, right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But it was like they were they were looking at us like, oh, you guys are nuts. Like because it was like the first week we had really met. You know what I mean? Yes. And, uh, yeah. Uh, fucking. And Atlanta's nuts, dude. Oddly enough, you brought up Hole. Uh, I actually was the original singer for that band. Really? Yes. And Drew from Hole is from Jackson Hole. We went to high school together. Go. Okay. True. Yeah. Out. It's a small he moved world. to New York and li and uh, moved in with uh, me and Ryan Duffy uh, in Brooklyn, straight out of Jackson. I love uh, that man, dude. Yeah. We had him on the pod during the middle of COVID, you know, and it was, it was a cool He's perspective, you know. But uh, yeah, from what's going on over there? But yeah, just talented motherfuckers. Those guys, dude. Yeah, they're great. You know, and they uh, might, they might be the first band that outgeared us. You know, what I mean? <laughs> they did. Uh, they their, definitely outgeared their back us. Backline is wild. It is wild because Wrath was at a time where we were like, we had got off full stacks, but we we're still louder than fuck. 
Yeah. And they came in and we would just like, <laughs> we would watch them like drinking beers and just cabinet after cabinet. I'm like, good luck guys. Have fun. Yeah. Like I did that a million tours of that, you know, yeah. <laughs> watching them load in down the stairs at North six, like the steepest stairs you could possibly think of. And there's like seven guitar players in that yeah. band. Yeah. <laughs> Two bass players, fucking yeah. seven guitars, six drummers, dude. Yeah. It's basically, they're like the fucking heavy metal Fela Kuti. <laughs> That's exactly what they're yeah, like. It's like. Nick's going to love that. I'm going to send that one to him. He will. Yeah. He's, but, uh, he's in Denver now, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. yeah. I'm all loving metal. all these dudes moving to the mountains. Yeah, man. I mean, so I, I know you're in the South, but what spot? I mean, I know you were in New York for years, right? We yeah. met in, when you were in L.A., which was right. before New York, or you split New York and then came back, It was right? a split. So right. um, that I was working at Vice in New York, mm-hmm. um, and around that time, we started handling distribution for Hydrohead Records, mm-hmm. who had just moved from Boston to L.A. L.A., yeah. Um, so... Uh, I worked a deal with Vice to move out to Hydrahead and label manage and help the distribution transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, luckily Mark and Aaron took me on as right. that label manager. Um, so when I met you, it was, you know, I was sort of bi-coastal. I was, right. I was in right. LA, I was working for Hydrahead, um, but I still had my roots in New York. We were going back to New York a fair amount. Um, and then uh, I ended up just moving straight back to New York after those Hydrahead days. Yeah, man. I mean, those Hydrahead days, first of all, that, obviously, I was such a massive ISIS fan, you know, Aaron, Me all too. those guys. And, like, to be able to, even the little bit we were there, you know, helping, We I think we helped pack the Melvin's uh, box sets and shit, you know, and that's how we met. And then, uh, you know, all that stuff. But, I mean, what, were those times at Hydrahead as fun as it seemed? Or, I mean, how was it over there? Yeah. I mean, they were great. It was so... I feel like when I came in at Hydrahead, it was just after, you know, Pelican mm-hmm. and we just, we had just released Daughters. Right. Um, so it was like that, like we were at the cusp Tipping of that. Tipping point right there. Yeah. yeah. Of that yeah. wave. Um, and Aaron was very busy. You know, ISIS at that point was right, right after I got there, they were touring with Tool. Right. And, you know, like they were working with Ipecac and getting yeah. bigger and bigger every tour. Um, so Aaron was gone a lot. He was, you know, on the road with ISIS, uh, a lot of time in Europe. Um, so it was Mark, myself and James, the graphic design guy. Right. Um, and you know, Wes lives here in Ohio now. Yes. And Wes, obviously. And I've known his wife since we were in high school, dude. Mickey. Small fucking world, man. Yeah. Uh, my son's name is Mickey too. Uh, Named after her, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, they lived right next to the cha-cha and became great friends of ours. I think through you guys. Probably. Uh, Yeah. I think I met the Wrath crew through Cliff Goddard. Yep. Um, and like the Boston. They called it the Boston Frat House out there. And it very much was. Yeah. I love those <laughs> guys. Another group of psychos. You know, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so I think that that was the connection with y'all. And I, I met Cliff through New York friends. Right. He moved. He had, I think he was dating a girl from New York at the time, but he had like the New York connection. For and sure. we ended up, you know, we liked the same music. We were into the same shit. Yeah. And then, um, luckily through him, I got to meet 
a bunch of other heavy folks. Yeah, man. I mean, it was just you know, the Hydrahead thing, and obviously how it ended was odd. You know what I mean? The the whole just dissolving the company. Were you around for that, or did you bail, or did that you see was, that shit coming, or what was going? I mean, it was after my time, so I can't really like speak to what actually right, um, created right. that. Um, uh, what I did see at Hydrahead was. Um, it was interesting because, you know, with the cave-in push, the Pelican push, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Daughters, uh, they had Yezu at that time. Right. All of these bands were, were getting really, really big. Definitely. Um, and I think they they knew that that wasn't a sustainable direction, right? Like, you can't just continue to sign the same sounding band. Sure. Um, yeah. And Aaron's super prolific. Like, he understood – he, like – he his grasp of music is i feel like almost five years ahead of when the general public totally man yeah yeah. Uh, well, the, I've always said the underground scene is five years ahead of mainstream. Yes. You absolutely. know, and then with, with, you know, when you got guys like Hydrahead, Southern Lord, fucking all these labels that have stuck around and continue to say constant, those motherfuckers are five years ahead of us. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, like especially with like Southern Lord, like getting nails. You know what I mean? Like you're like, because nails is from here. We know who they are. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know Todd. And yeah, fucking. I went as soon as I saw that band. I went, this band is going to be huge. And then I saw them on Southern Lord. I went, there it is. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, yes. And, but those guys are forward-thinking motherfuckers, man. And that you know? pivot they did to start uh-huh. signing bands that sound like Nails. You know, like they were yeah. doing a lot of the Doom stuff before. Oh yeah, yeah. Greg loves that. And I, I think it like I know that he's rooted in old school hardcore. You know, Brotherhood and like all of yeah. the that stuff. But it was cool to see him take the label a different direction for a minute. You know, right. they still had their, you know, yeah. doomier side of things, some of the black metal stuff. But oh, yeah. he really did for a minute put out a lot of that, like, power violence sounding, yeah. really aggressive hardcore stuff. Yeah, totally, man. It was a trip. I, but Aaron's like, so I, I, even the few times I met him, you know what I mean? He was always such a kind dude. And then, uh, but he always seemed to be, he's always he always had the next thing going, you know what I mean? And Hydrahead developed into a crazy label after a while, you know? It did. And so I think with Aaron, what kind of my take on it um, was Aaron was getting really into more of like the noise related thing. Some of the like harder to digest music, you know what I mean? We put out the ever lovely lightning heart record, which is Mm -hmm. amazing, but it's like sonic soundscapes and, you know, they're breaking glass bottles on the ground and record, yeah. you know, it's weird. Yeah, they're playing um, a trick on us is what Exactly. Because yeah. I like noise, but then at a certain point, I'm like, okay, what are we doing here, man? <laughs> Fuck. I mean, am I, really? Am I, okay, this guy's fucking randomly hitting a piano? Okay. <laughs> Got it. With a bat. Oh, he's with a bat. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Breaking Got glass it. bottles into an <laughs> aluminum trash can. <laughs> it's like, all right, man. Yeah. Um, and I think, which is art motherfuckers. Right. (laughs) And I think that that was a total, that, that was the, the yang to what was happening with Hydrahead. I think purposefully wanted to go weird and minimal and less Mm. like trying to fit in with the mainstream image of what the label was becoming. Right. Um, you know, we work with Mersbo and like some of like the, some of those names that are really big right now. I mean, he's been big forever, but like yeah. really, really big right yeah. now. Um, Aaron had the foresight to get involved with projects like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but on a commercial level, it's I don't know like how sustainable that is. Yeah, yeah exactly. Totally, and especially yeah. when, you know, you've got 
you got all of these more commercial releases that you need to to give the attention to. Um, right. And uh, it was interesting. There seemed to be a pull at that point mm-hmm. um, as to what the label wanted to represent moving right. forward. Right. Um, and then, you know, I think... I think Aaron found it with his siege thing. You know, he started his own oh, yeah. label and it is doing a lot of the things that he wanted to do with Hydrahead. It's more boutique than mm-hmm. what Hydrahead was. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Mark moved on to doing vacation vinyl. He opened that record. Oh, did he for, open that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that yeah. was his. Cool. All right. Um, and I think in that process, it just left Hydrahead as this thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, like, it was after my time, so I don't know yeah. how all of it went down. I was as shocked as anyone. Everyone was, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because when you had it, such a label, a label like that with such a name, you know what I mean? And it's like I was into so much of the music, and that was probably one of the first labels I had. Ha- like, I don't pay attention to fucking labels, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Same. Century Media, you know all these things, but that like everything on, and they yeah relapse is kind of there but they're so wide right like right right yeah you know but like hydrahead southern lord fucking hand a handful of these other labels it's like it was a very specific fucking niche of music and they're fighting like cutting edge motherfuckers that were doing yeah. it and it was like one of the first labels i like every release i was like i'm gonna look at it i'm gonna get it i'm gonna fucking do this and it, it was only because it was on that label you know what right. i mean and, and I'd never, ever in my life done that. You know what I they mean? They were kind of the first ones that, in my memory, of like this generation's sort of heavy music, mm-hmm. where they created such a, a, a great brand that you really didn't even need to listen to yeah. the music to know it. You just trusted the logo, the little match yeah, yeah, with exactly. the flame. You know what I mean? If that was on it, it was obviously great. It was going to be on point. You may yeah. not have liked it that much, but it was still a good fucking record absolutely or like oxbow you know i i don't like the records that much but i fucking bought five four i don't know how many i bought you know what i mean see you know, i love seeing live that. different a different yeah. fucking animal you know what i mean and and working with oxbow so the, i think the, the, some of the funny shit that i noticed later is some of the stuff that was unappealing to me when i was working there like mersbo and like I wouldn't say Oxbow is unappealing because I I kind of got them more. No, oh, yeah, um, they were still a band, you know. Right? I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like they were pretty fucking punk, um, yeah. you know. Uh, and that appealed to me. Um, but musically, it was difficult. Like mm-hmm. I didn't quite understand it. Um, now, now, you know, ten years later, almost fifteen years later. Uh, I, I love I think that that's some of the best music that's ever come out. Like right, I love right. what Oxbow has done. Yeah. It's button pushing, it's like weird blues. It's yeah. it, it's taking yeah. yeah, it's yeah. The vocals uh, are odd, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it was like that was one of the first bands that were you could get away with like it being an odd vocal. Not first bands, but in that scene, right? It had right. to be screaming or not screaming. You know what I mean? Like and they that was one of the first bands and then you had bands like um Oh my god! I just had a band in my mind. Oh, like you know, Floor, dude. Like Floor. Oh, yeah. Like yes. everyone fucking loved Floor, but hated Floor because the <laughs> vocals were weird. You know what I mean? And really? I loved it. I thought it was great. But and then obviously, look what they become. But you know, I know it would like, back in that time. It was either all or nothing. You know, as far as yelling, and then even Caven. I mean, when they started singing, everyone's like. Fuck this! <laughs> like, I was fucking pissed at him. So you know I mean? when I first moved to New York, it was 2000. Uh, my first show in New York City, I went and saw. It was like 
it was the equal vision you know cmj lineups right, it was like right. uh converge hope conspiracy it was all you know all boston, bands yeah. boston mm-hmm. uh American Nightmare, you know, like that early, that two ninety nine two thousands right hardcore scene, and Kevin was right smack in the middle of that. Yeah, they had just released Jupiter, where right. it was like about to come out, right on the cusp of it. Um, and they started playing, and they did all the weird shit from Jupiter, and all these hardcore kids were just like New York hardcore kids, so loud, loud hardcore kids, like <laughs> what the fuck? Exactly, like <laughs> you can't even hear the band because the audience is heckling so loud, oh God, it's so good. screaming like play some old stuff. Yeah, and then finally Brodsky got sick of it. I could tell, I could tell, like oh, yeah. it was coming. And he was like, you want to hear something old? All right, we'll do something old. And the whole place just exploded. Right, right. And then they did, like, a 15-minute cover of Led Zeppelin's Days to Confuse. <laughs> and, like, that was one of the – that changed my, my whole shit. I was yeah, like, hardcore yeah. is boring. This yeah, is where this is awesome. we're going. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, he's always <laughs> – that guy, you know, I've, I've never met him, but he's always seemed to – obviously, he does whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Utoid Man is fucking amazing. It feels right. like – you know, because that band is so random. You know what yep. I mean? It's like one sound. It's a punk song. And it's a metal song. And it's a fucking, I don't know, a helmet song somehow. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. and he does whatever he wants, man. And it's good that he fucking finally got to do that. You know? Yeah. And and, and like looking back at the things that brought me into labels like Hydrahead or you know Southern Lord to a lesser extent, but yeah. the bands that really like Botch and like yeah. you know like those Coalesce, early... all that. Yeah. Shit, right. Yeah. And like I, I still enjoy those records, right. but in now listening to them, the the vocals, which I used to love, kind of irritate me. Right. I want yeah. it to be less Cookie Monster, more yeah, Oxbow, more right. weird. Let's yeah, see yeah. how weird we can get it. Totally, man. Yeah, and it, it's uh, you know, I have a massive record collection over here, and I, it's like, you know, I can't get away with listening to fucking uh, a Caven or a like. An early Converge record around my family anymore. Yeah, everyone's like, "Hey," you know, and I'm like, I know "It's so struggle. good," and they're all, "Uh huh." <laughs> you know, like my kids are making fun of me. It's fucking yep. like, you know, it's like, I'm like, "Oh man," you know. But obviously, I'm music constantly taste, you know. trying to put on black metal records and right. just getting vetoed all the. T- my oh, wife no, is just hard like, vetoed. Not too. a chance. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I mean, wolves in the throne room. I could maybe get away with, but yeah, some of the more yeah. uh, s- symphonic, like yeah, atmospheric exactly. stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I put on a fucking Venom record. It's like, nope, <laughs> not hearing this, motherfucker. We're listening to the White Stripes. Oh, yeah, fine. right. <laughs> fine. Yeah, I think all babies from ever now know the White Stripes. You know. Yeah, I mean? my my go to uh, the Ramones. Like, I feel like. Right. I mean, I love the Ramones, but it's kids' music. It's it so is. simple. Yeah, it it's is. really repetitive. Yep. Listen to the one, it once, you're going to have all the songs memorized. Yeah. Man. And it never gets old. Yeah, totally. Especially the kids. I mean, yeah. and, you know, I have older kids, and I've, I've talked about this endlessly, but fucking genres of music are dead, dude. I, I mean, know. my kids, the YouTube shit they listen to, and I'm not, I'm not the guy saying it's terrible because – they have more downloads than the fucking Beatles. You know, know what I mean? Like these songs. And it's, and it, but it's multi genre, multi fucking thing. My kids, you know, I, 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 I caught my daughter listening to Surfboard the other oh, day. Oh, really? I was like, what the fuck, dude? And then like the next one is like this terrible song on YouTube that, you know what I mean? Like she has this endless playlist and it's yeah. so fucking random. Like, 
Well, I'm glad Surfboard made it in. Well, yeah, but I, I, what... I was like, where did you even hear that? Like, you know, which is yeah. like, I didn't even, I barely knew who they were. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and I live here, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just the kids, they they do. Con- if you let your guard down enough, and you, you know, you're not the fucking old fart that's like, don't my music is good. You know, you can really truly experience some pretty cool shit and, and appreciate it for what it is. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know I'm going to have a hard time with that. Like, it, it, I, for years I did for years, you know? Uh, yeah. But uh, just know that whatever you're into, your kids are going to think it's stupid. You know, I spent, I, I know spent, I spent half of my fucking fatherhood trying to explain to my kids. I'm cool. You know what I mean? It's like, and they're all, uh-huh, sure, dude. Yeah, sure, fucking cool, dude. I told my wife my biggest <laughs> yeah. fear is that Mickey is going to turn into some, like, football, baseball, yeah. Yeah. jock, varsity jacket. And so our plan is to just enroll him in every fucking sport we can possibly think of. Right, like, beat it out of him. It, yeah, like, <laughs> you're going to do all of this. Yeah. And then eventually when you're about 13, you're going to be like, fuck this, and you're going to get into something cool. Yeah, yeah like, I don't know. Don't I make did. any fucking – yeah. <laughs> and I did. Yeah. Here's what, here's what I can tell you. Don't fucking plan anything. It's yeah. not going to work, dude. Yeah. Every way in which I thought my life and my kid – the way I'm going to raise my kids – yeah no it's they're their own not. fucking humans dude of course you know what I mean? yeah they my kids came out and had their own weird shit and they were so uniquely them you know what i mean and you can yeah. influence them in ways you know what i mean but it's just fucking i mean i, I guarantee i mean one of these kids is going to be a, a fucking rich white republican for sure <laughs> dude you know what i mean i'm so scared of that yeah it's it's crazy you just can't you can't control shit you know yeah. i've said like every intervention starts with they were such a happy kid <laughs> everyone dude every fucking one you know watch them so you know true. what i mean it's, it's crazy you can't control shit man yeah you can be there show up that's yeah. it that's yeah. all you can do show up try not to scream at him it's too much <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I mean, if you got, I don't hit him or maybe hit him. I don't know. You know, what I mean? it's like I don't know what to do. I mean, if you're not fucking lost and feeling like you're screwing it up, I don't think you're doing it right. You know right. I mean? Oh, I mean, I appreciate that. I mean, every day is. Yeah. I'm like, fuck. How are we doing this? It's crazy, dude. Now, how old's how's the uh, how old? Mickey's eight months. Boy, now. right? You said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a boy. Yeah. He's eight yeah. months. Yeah. Oh, he's, you're he's a new Jack. That's such a nice time, dude. I know. Uh, it is, dude. The Enjoy first two that months shit. were horrifying. And yeah. I mean, like, I was I was like, I'm ready for this. I can't wait to have Did a kid. Did you guys we're, plan to have a kid? Yeah. I wow. mean, we weren't, like, actively trying. But, like, you know, we, the trying. discussion had come. And we yeah. it was we wanted to have a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then when we – well, so uh, we moved from – Atlanta to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were living in Asheville. Mm-hmm. Um, and we used a fair amount of our savings to get up there. Mm-hmm. Took a month to kind of find jobs and get our footing. And then uh, COVID. Yeah. Lovely COVID. Perfect. Yeah. It, we both lost our jobs and found out we were having a baby in the same week. That's, that's about how it goes. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Yeah, man. Uh, I was making a. Uh, I was making fucking ten dollars and fifty cents an hour when Rosie got pregnant, you know, oh, and I was man. like, "What? Yeah, Are you right? Serious, right?" Now? <laughs> and like about to go on like 
a gnarly tour and you know what I mean? And I was like, and not going to come home with any money. You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. And just It's incredible how fast those priorities are all. What the f- Okay. Shit. You know, like, and we weren't right. expecting to have a kid at all. Although we weren't doing anything to not have a kid. <laughs> right. I was right. still fucking shocked, you know, <laughs> like an idiot, like a white trash moron. Dude. I'm like, how'd that happen? How'd this fucking happen? It's like, you know how it happened, dude. Moonlight camping, legs right. way above the head. Fucking drilled it, dude. <laughs> That's how it happens. Yes. That's what I always say. I got. I, I've met people that spend twenty thousand dollars on in vitro and the trying to have a kid. I'm like, fool, get drunk, go camping. <laughs> happens every time. Yeah. Said, you want me to help you out? Dude, I could fucking. You know what I mean? We had a Try- good friend of ours trace theirs back their second kid yeah. back to a camping trip and a handful of mushrooms. Okay. And I was like, that, that's, that's going to be dude. one magical dude. Yeah. Could be, could be, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. It happens before you know it, but so you've been in Jackson for a while. I mean, you guys are planning on staying there. You like it? Or uh, yeah. I mean, it's difficult. It's so there are obvious pros and cons. It's yeah. a weird town. Um, mm. Like I said, there's housing shortage. There's crazy. Yeah. Uh, most of the businesses are operating under skeleton crews. Um, and then, you know, the summers are destroyed by tourism. Mm-hmm. And then there's like 10 months of winter um, right. where you're just like, Fucking I forgot freezing. about how bad the winters here were. Right. I was like, it'll be fine. I can yeah. get through a winter. And then we got back and I was like, holy fuck. This is yeah. like way more intense than I was anticipating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gorgeous scenery, though. Yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. See it. Every Smoke. Instagram picture I see, I'm all, God damn, dude. You know what I mean? Fuck. Uh, well, I yeah. appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. But uh, it is weird because, like, when you're away, I don't know if you guys have family there. Like, my mom is, and my brother, oh, okay. and so his wife, it... and his son are in Idaho. They're, so they're just over the border. Um, they're about 20 minutes from That's here. not bad. At least you got, like, family you know when you move out to somewhere completely on your own you're like with the kids you know you realize how important family is you know that was part of the reason that we chose to come here you know we found out when we found out we were having the kid uh our only other option was moving back to atlanta but the pandemic was in full force you know and it just was like i i can't handle being back in atlanta during all this shit yeah um so we made the choice to head this way um and you know we're sacrificing some uh, some of the things that we really love so yes i think it's sustainable for a bit for a while Um, i love my job here the you know this is great um but there's no music Right. You know, yeah. what we're talking about, mm-hmm. non-existent. Nothing. Yeah. And when, when I was a kid, it was a lot different. Um, growing up here, sure, we had, like, the fucking string cheese incident playing sure. six times yeah. a year. But I also <laughs> snuck into... It feels like five too many. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, but like, still, oh. they draw, like, 2,000 oh, people course. every yeah. time they play. Yeah. Hippies uh, abound. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, I would, there's this bar in the village. Uh, the village is like the ski resort area here called the mangy moose. And when I was growing up, like in the nineties, uh, you know, everything blurred, like it wasn't, it wasn't so you have to be into this type of music to get this, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, 
I saw the fucking Melvins at the Mangy Moose, which is like, you know, a, a shitty little resort dive awesome, bar. Man. Yeah. Uh, and then one of my first shows here was Violent Femmes, which awesome. fucking blew my mind at 14. Like, so you're you working know. at the theater or is it a theater? What is it? It's so, an old, like performance theater or something, right? It's, it's like a new, it's a new facility. It didn't exist when I was oh, a kid. Oh, okay. okay. Um, it's really cool, uh, what they do here. So it's, a. um, I work for the administration side of a, a, a building that houses nonprofits. Okay. Um, and all of these nonprofits are art based. So you have everything from like ceramics to like dance studios. Uh, like, yeah. you know, there's acting classes. Um, there's a, on the third floor, they teach you how to silk screen. Oh, like, cool, man. All of this. So there's is, a little culture built into this town, right? Right, yeah. yeah. And this this was necessary because when I was growing up, it was all fucking wildlife art. Like, how many times do I have to look at a fucking painting of a moose? I can see right. that motherfucker out my window. <laughs> yeah, or, the, totally. like, the same yeah. mountain I'm fucking staring at. I know, right, like, right. Go sell that somewhere else. No one's going to – no yeah. fucking local yeah. person is going to hang that. Well, you know what we need? Some more turquoise jewelry. That's what we need <laughs> right. around here. Yeah. 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 Uh, and there's still a fair amount of that shit downtown. Oh, I'm sure. If you go downtown, it's just like tchotchke stores, mm-hmm. Native American jewelry, which is definitely not Native American. Right. 100%. You know, Native and Persia. wildlife. Yeah. And the, like, we have so many rug stores here. Like, people are going on vacation. Like, you know what? I need a $7,000 rug. <laughs> yeah, totally. That dude, that's. I walk into stores like that sometimes, and those, like, even at Yellowstone, and it's like, this whole store has rugs in it. The whole <laughs> fucking store. I'm going to buy a 15 by 10-foot tw- fucking rug on vacation. <laughs> right. Like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, so there was shit going on back then when you were a kid. Like, yeah, music, that's mean, how you – obviously, you got into punk, right? I yeah. Mean, so absolutely. the shit traveled. Well, you know? there was a – so growing up here, we had – we don't have it anymore. And I, like, in in my dream world – I would love to open a record store in this town again because right. if it hadn't been for this place called Mountains, which was downtown Mountains, um, which was right next to the skateboard shop, nice. uh, I would not have moved to New York. I wouldn't have gotten into right. the fucking scene I did when I was a kid. You right. know, like I remember vividly the first time I heard the fucking Gorilla Biscuits. Ooh, you know, okay. like I'm going into Mountains and buying whatever bullshit Fat Records is putting out, you right. know, like fucking you know, no effects, whatever. Yeah. And there was this dude that worked there. His name was King Weep. And uh, he was from Jersey. Grew Why? Up, uh, that old school, like New York, you know, everybody's got some crazy name like King I know. Weep. All right. Yeah. He was a Lower East Side rat, you know, went to okay. CBs as a kid. Yeah. And I'd go in and like... You know, he'd look at my shit and be like, you like this, huh? And, you know, I could see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so one day I went in and he was like, all right, check this out. And he mm-hmm. gave me Start Today. And it was just like. Blew your fucking mind, huh? Yeah. yeah. And then it's Bad Brains. And then it's fucking, you know, Minor Threat. And then it's into the uh, Revolution Summer fucking right. weirdness coming out of D.C. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we have Sonic Youth and the mainstream and their back yep. catalogs just fucking brutal noise rock and so it's because of that location that i got out of this fucking town and you know i noticed like kids like drew and Mm. some of the other folks that were more in the punk scene Mm -hmm. did end up doing fucking amazing things oh really okay that kind of cultural beacon yeah 
didn't exist for a lot of folks. Right, um, man. I mean, when you're a bored fucking kid, right? You know, and you get into something as aggressive as hardcore and punk. Yes. You know, and then you see what the culture is, right? You know, these guys are out there fucking doing shows, and yeah. now there's book your own life, and you see kind of, you know, through these scenes can, what's going on. It's like, fuck, I want to try this, dude. You can, they're approachable. Like, mm-hmm. that was the biggest thing, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you go from going to shows where there's barriers and mm-hmm. the band's big rock stars, and, you know, yeah. like, I caught the tail end of a lot of that grunge. Yeah, you got to pay to meet now. Kiss and fucking, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, the whole deal, but, yeah. Like, you know, like, you're, you're not meeting Pearl Jam. Like, they no. they seem approachable. They're, they, they, yeah. they're like, fuck Ticketmaster, we're DIY. But you're right. still not going up to them and no. fucking shaking Eddie Vedder's fucking hand. Right. So to go from, like, growing up late 80s, early 90s, that was the shit I was listening to, a lot of grunge stuff, and then gatewaying into punk and hardcore, um, it, the appeal was that these people that are making music I can speak to. I can mm-hmm. go up and be like, hey, I fucking love your album. Mm-hmm. You know, awkward teen, hey, you know. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah. it's still, like, yeah. no, it, it, was, it, it, is, it mattered. It, yeah, you could meet your heroes, right? Right. I mean, that that was a big appeal, and and not only that, you, you know, you could do the music, right? Exactly. You didn't have to go to fucking. You weren't going to be Led Zeppelin for sure, you know. But right, and but, obviously the aggression and the anger, you know, it spoke to a billion white kids, you know, what I mean, yes. in suburbs yep. and neighborhoods yeah. that had fucking nothing else to do but be, you know, fucking angry, which is fine. But um, yeah, it's a trick. I mean, it's so wild how far that shit goes you know what i mean like right. to take that type of just that same mentality of like fuck i can do this you know i can do this like i'll yeah a band wants to come to this fucking town because it's the only spot between here and portland or wherever the fuck yeah yeah fuck it let's try it you know what i mean like it's it's cool man it's 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 so it's built a million fucking careers right like every label head was probably a show promoter fucking you know what i mean absolutely like, it's yeah. usually how it goes man you know that's what we did so drew and i uh when we were in high school there's this place out of town it was this biker bar called huey's and this mm-hmm. dude was like you know this older fucking gnarly biker dude and he had this basement where he stored all of his kegs and it smelled like shit it was like a horrible dungeon uh you had to open the floor behind nice. the bar to go down this like like that fucking scene in fight club Uh, you have to go down into it it's all humid um he allowed us as teenagers to use that space he didn't charge us anything wow he just wanted something happening for the kids in this town that's cool so we we started booking salt lake bands and like you know bands Mm -hmm. from idaho then we all had our shitty fucking bad hardcore bands we yeah. were playing in. And we do shows like, you know, once a month. Yeah. Um, and it started gaining speed. And, you know, we had Converge, uh, American Nightmare, Hope Con. Damn, uh, really? Yes. Uh, <laughs> this awesome. is actually a great story, though. Yeah. Uh, so it was that tour, um, Converge, American Nightmare, Hope Con. It was in December. Mm-hmm. And they, we, so we, we got the show set up. We're, we're waiting for the band to arrive. We get a call from Matt Pike, old Matt hardcore booking mm-hmm. Pike, um, mm-hmm. which I think is hilarious that his name is also Matt Pike. Yeah. Um, and he's like, the band is stuck in a blizzard in Cheyenne. The bands are stuck in a right. blizzard yeah. in Cheyenne. So your whole show's over. And we right. were like, fuck. And he was like, well, there's one band that got through. 
this opening band nobody had fucking heard of. Right. And we were like, all right, I guess we'll just do it. And fucking yeah. thrice. No way. <laughs> yep. And plays a basement show That's in amazing. Wyoming. Yeah. And they were like, you know, like, I'm not a thrice fan. Not for sure. me. Yeah, yeah. Don't get it. Like, yeah. I love the bands that they looked up to. Hum sick. Yeah. I just don't understand. It didn't appeal to me. Just didn't appeal to you. Yeah. But as as people, like some of the best people I've ever met, and they know they're fucking punk and hardcore. Right. Like right. we talked music all night. I got bands I had never heard of that I still love today through them. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That orange, you know, their the Orange County mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, uh, but I mean it's it's so fucking you know, and it's just so funny to to be in a band or to be booking shows and like, you know, just being like, yeah, dude, come to my fucking town, like you know, like, and then they get there and and you realize like the kid's nineteen, you know what I mean, and he's made you a pot of spaghetti, you know what I mean, and, and, and it's only it's only on the laurels of what you think you're supposed to do, you know what I mean, like yeah, and, and we were fucking we were cool definitely kid. those kids, oh like, for we- sure, dude. I got in retrospect. I'm like, I'm so glad that Converge and American Nightmare didn't show up. Up. <laughs> See how like, all. I'm not sure about this. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just. It was. It was at that point where they were just. Long. Oh yeah, totally. Man. Come play our basement. But you know what, man? They probably would have showed up and fucking had fun anyway. You know what oh, I mean? Because sure that's what it's about, right? I mean, yeah. There's no end to weird shit. I mean, I remember the wrath on a. It was pre-hole. We. Dude, we had this show booked in D.C. like immediately before we even really like it was like one of the first shows confirmed. Right. Yeah. All good set up. Kids like super professional and fucking we'd get there. The tour's been great, dude. And it's my birthday. You know what I mean? Like so I'm like, fuck, this show in D.C. is going to be sick. You know what I mean? We get to the fucking place and realize it's a restaurant <laughs> and it's closed <laughs> and there's no one here. Like no one, no one, no one. And so I'm trying to call the fucking kid and, and this lady answers and I'm like, Hey, is, I don't, Damien, let's just call him Damien. Hey, is Damien there? You know? And she's like, Oh no, he can't talk on the phone. I'm like, okay, well we're a band that he booked and we're fucking outside of the venue. No one's here. She's like, he's grounded. He's also fucking 16. And I'm like, Oh, come <laughs> on. You know? And we're standing there like assholes at fucking DC. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, I, I get the kid was like the most professional up until that point. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. like damn, dude. We ended up getting hammered at the 930 club or, or the, is that 930 club? Yeah. 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 Hammered over there. I got fucking tanked on tequila. Anyway, it, was, it ended up being a wild night. I had to hand out a lot of apologies that next day, dude. Of course. Fuck, it was bad, but. You know, it's just like, it's such a, you have no idea. You're just trusting this kid in fucking Jackson, Wyoming. He's like, yeah, come here, dude. It's all good. You're like, no way, dude. And then you show up and it's all good. You know, you're like, fuck. We got Converge's rider. They had a rider at that point. Yeah. Like two pages. And we were like, yeah, we're we're not doing any of this. There wasn't a fucking thing on that. We could have gotten for them. What is it? Not not a chance. They like, need fresh fucking uh, markers for their hands. Like, what you, I mean, what do you need? There was it? definitely yeah. like a request for like dozens of batteries. 
Well, yeah. I remember that being on there, and I was just what? like, yeah, those are so- – I'm fucking, like, 18 years old. I can't spend $300 on yeah. batteries like, for you. Yeah, totally, dude. Yeah, go fuck yourself, dude. Get a fucking chain connector like everyone else, Kurt. Exactly. I'm not fucking replacing batteries and pedals, fool. Uh, yeah. Matt, Matt Pike, though, we responded, like, at, you know, the show is booked. He sent the writer. We were like, mm-hmm. we can't do this. And he was just like, cool, no problem. Like, well, they probably – I mean, you know working with bands. You just send shit out, dude, yeah. and see what you can get. I mean, Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah, hundred percent, man. I mean, I knew we never had a writer, but you know, I I would see bands that would, and I'm like, you guys are some ballsy motherfuckers, dude. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, get it. I love you know, it. Some kids, man. some seventeen year olds, like, fuck, I got a fucking brown M and M's. Yeah, exactly. How do I find how do I find three hundred ounces of hummus? Like, <laughs> an organic celery? Isn't it all fucking organic, dude? Yeah. It's fucking crazy, man. It is. Um, so what are you still running the label? I mean, are you half, yeah. I mean, are you running it out of New York and where you are now? Or what's what how do, well, first I want to know how to get started, like what was going on with the Colonel Records. So post Hydrahead, uh, mm-hmm. I moved back to New York. I actually moved around the exact same time Cliff moved. Yeah. Um we kind of made a plan. We we became super close and we kind of made a plan to move from LA back to New York together. Right. Um, I left Hydrahead. I left Vice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I decided at that point, after learning so much from Hydrahead, you know, um, a lot of their releases are really complicated. Uh, right. You got foils, you know. So oh, yeah. It was it insane. Was, it was a wild crash course in how to make really elaborate, beautiful vinyl. And then also um, make barely any money on them, probably. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. and I, it kind of yeah. like it was that eye opener. Like, yeah. okay, I have all of this knowledge now. There's not a fucking chance I'm putting out a foil fucking gatefold. Right yeah. Uh, so I want to do something that is more focused on affordable boutique records mm-hmm. and um, just like more. At that point, I was getting into less uh heavy music and i wanted to do more um the first band we worked with was this band the weight who kind of had like a flying burrito brothers thing when i first heard them and like that country rock thing i was like "Ooh, this is super good and then after that we did king tough um so you know that 70s power pop thing so lighter i was going drastically lighter with the music that uh i was being um yeah, I don't know. Like uh, the the stuff that was speaking to me, I guess. Totally, man. Yeah. Um, so I started it with that band, The Weight. Joseph Plunkett from that band, and this guy Wes Duval, who's a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. Um, the three of us decided we should start putting some records out. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of really good music happening in Brooklyn, um, and a lot of it was just getting swept under the rug for some of the more I don't know, like a haircut bands. Like, you know, it was, right, right. it was that time where it was like post strokes, but every band like the strokes was getting signed and everyone right, else was just right. getting a fuck you. Totally. Um, so we wanted to do something community based supporting Brooklyn bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how it all began. Um, I moved in with Cliff and Doug and Shauna of bad oh, dream. Doug. I yeah. Doug. yeah. Oh, so you're going to love this. Uh, Doug and I still 
we're super close. We we text almost daily. Um, oh wow! We're, we're doing Doug's solo record. That's cool. the next thing. He was always have. a talented son of a bitch. That kid, man. And it's cool. It's like it's yeah. it's really uh, experimental. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to speak to what he sure. is trying to create, but for me, uh, it has like this growing uh, sound to it. Like it's just like a wash of guitar noise and uh cool, man. it's really pretty um yeah, i can't it, wait to check it out i'm so hyped to be working with doug he's like he became the sound guy at union pool which oh is, okay you know the best venue in yeah Brooklyn. we played there on the at the cmj festival yeah or part of it uh that one year when we met up with hole yeah, them there. Yeah. They played there. For me, that room, there's a warmth in that room yeah, that it sounded you don't great, get. dude. Yeah, and the vibe is always good. That was actually uh, the last time I saw him. I think at that show. I, I think so because I think he was doing sound at the time. Or yeah, must yeah, have been yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah. And so he he became an institution there. Like That's you know, awesome, man. It, he just moved out of New York. Uh, he moved back to his family's. Um, land he bought a house on his family's land oh, cool. um, and so uh, I know it was hard for a lot of people at Union Pool when he left because he had yeah. become such a part of it and yeah. you know him he's just like he's he's magic like yeah, he is. It, it's yeah. uh, talking to him it, it's like talking to like some sort of fucking guru yeah, or something totally, like that yeah. you know he's always so mellow so nice you know what I yeah mean? yeah happy smiling well at least I remember you know that's yeah no that's that's now. exactly that's I, I saw Doug mad one time in right. like the nearly 20 years we've been friends right I saw him get mad once wow. you know he was a bike yeah. messenger and got cut off yeah. and he got pissed and that was like the only time yeah. and it was so yeah. out of character for him and so like Doug's a strong dude but he's so like <laughs> he's yeah. so sweet and like yeah. you don't ever think of him as no, like man. Yeah. but like he whoa like I was it was I was impressed by nice. what came yeah. out of Doug. <laughs> yeah, when you're impressed by someone's anger, you're all, all right. Noted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly yeah, what totally. I did. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. So those guys were crucial in the beginning of Colonel too. You know, Cliff, Shauna, Doug, they helped mm. us stuff records. They mm. were our living room became kind of the rotating band hangout. Mm. Um and right after that, uh do you know Tony from that started T P records? Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I met him once when the Wrath was on TV, but he had already left, left. and I think Steve. Yeah, Steve. Steve had Steve taken the ship, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, Tony was a, a friend of mine from LA. I met mm-hmm. him out when I was living out there, um, and he offered us distribution through TP. Oh, cool. Um, nice. So in the beginning, we had great distribution, and right. it was like it was really an amazing. Yeah. Uh, start to a label and then tony got fired from right. his own record label right and our, our distro went and uh, yeah. yeah everything yeah. and it all like right as king tough was mm-hmm. just we, we it was getting bigger and bigger we were pressing more records and we were like holy shit like we hit something mm-hmm. our distro ended and then we got a letter that king tough was going with sub pop uh, and then our record was going <laughs> with sub pop yeah and yeah. then all of this money that i put into the label just ended up up in wow, smoke fuck man yeah um and so we had to pivot and kind of figure rebuild, out right rebuild yeah. yeah so i started working with more bands from atlanta we, we expanded what we were doing 
Um, Joseph moved to Nashville. He bailed on mm. um, being a part of the label. Wes moved down to Atlanta, so he was still working with us, and he was kind of our uh, A&R guy for, you know, he was our graphic designer, but he was sending us bands, and we were like, holy shit, Atlanta cool. knows what the fuck is going on. Right, right. Um, and then uh, my wife came on in, like, 2010 okay. and started uh, helping to manage the label. Um, That's awesome, man. And you guys are still off and running? I mean, obviously, yeah. COVID fucking made everyone take a hit right i mean we're yeah. doing our first our first show uh august uh 7th ggs 21 oh, over. Yes. check it out but it's a record release show because we yes. came out in the I, middle of fucking covid you know right? I, mean? I remember like, you sent yeah, me so the like tongue one year and... late dude yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. fuck man you know it's like ridiculous but um the, how the label survived through COVID? i mean you guys have been running and all that stuff but i mean did it make a big dent on on that shit i mean at this point yeah, I don't. It's you know, I don't think I'm I'm pulling back the curtain on anything. To, right. To, the label doesn't. We don't make money. Like yeah, you know, of course, no, like of it's, course. Yeah, it's something we we have both worked very hard in other jobs, uh, right. so that we would have funds to funnel into this. Right. So that we can continue to put music out. Right. It's something that was from my Mountains days. Something mm-hmm. that was important to me that the artists that I love have a voice and hopefully some fucking kid will buy a record and get into yeah. a million other bands because you know, maybe that's the, that's all I care about. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, so it started as a labor of love. It's still a fucking labor of love. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, that's great. You know what I mean? I've definitely gotten pissed and been like, fuck this. I'm done. Like right. I'm not putting out any more fucking music. Uh, yeah. But then I always fucking do. There's always and another it, band, right? There are, uh, yeah, you hear something right. and you're just like, fuck, I guess I'm back in. The- yeah. <laughs> are you <laughs> finding, are you working email. with younger artists at this point? Or like, have you found any younger artists that, because, you know, the whole thing is, you know, like I said, genres are dead, all this stuff. But there are right. kids that are into some shit, you know, and some of the the kids that are making music now are, you know, in Ventura, like, went through this lull, right, where there was a generation or two below me that were doing shows and fucking creating rad shit. And then it fucking dropped off like at nowhere, dude. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't shit going on uh, for newer bands, you know, but now, and I think a lot of it, you know, bad politics makes great music. Right. Cause as soon as Trump, you know, hits that second year, fucking I'm starting to see fucking bands pop up. Kids are up. They're fucking, you know, I, I went to a show and it was like, where normally, you know, a year before, probably six, 50, 60 people, 350 fucking kids. And, I mean, I'm talking 18 and under at this yeah. fucking show, and they're going off. And I'm like, what the fuck happened here? You know what I mean? So there are kids that are into some shit, you know, which yeah. is cool, you know. But um, oh. have you experienced like, younger bands that are approaching you at all? Or Well, so <laughs> in Atlanta – we were working with a bunch of peer bands, you know, like right. uh, people my age still making weird fucking music. I don't totally. know if you've heard Gigi King or like Predator. No, um, I haven't. I'll have to check it oh, out. Oh, check those out. So There's yeah. some weird fucking punk coming out of Atlanta. It's yeah. it's it's strange and exciting. And like, I you know, we've worked with Predator. I just love Gigi King. Um, so but I'm going to these shows. Right. And and they're playing venues, large, larger venues, 300 capacity to 500. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Punk shows. And there's like 15 fucking people going to these shows. And they're, right. you know, they're all my age. And I'm loving this music. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, is the scene just dead here? 
Right. And then I have this band from New York ask me to book them a show. And I had a conflicting date and couldn't do it. And they ended up finding a house. Right. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to come down to that show for a little bit and check out what's going on. And I fucking get there. And it is the craziest fucking show I've ever (laughs) been to my entire life. Yeah. Like the house is packed to the gills. It's not set up like. Uh, you think it's going to be a house show so there'll be like a large fucking living room right right no a big backyard it's (laughs) like this tiny fucking living room but kids are getting in by just going over other kids into it it was just like it was like double stacked Yeah, like kids sitting on other kids. Double deck with bus. <laughs> exactly. Have kids. Yeah, and they're going the fuck off. That's like, awesome, man. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. So yeah, I saw this band Upchuck there, who seemed to be doing well now. They're they're kind of taking off. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're much younger. You know, right. I'm fucking old, and they're like you know eighteen to twenty, yeah. whatever. Um. And so I'm like thinking to myself, oh, I like this band. Maybe this is something we could get into. And like, you know, I go up and start chatting to the kid and I'm like, hey, man, like, you know, I, I own Colonel Records. I really like your band. This kid could not give off. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, it was kind of, it was one of those moments where I was just, I'm that old dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, yeah. You know, like this kid doesn't give a shit. Like, well, you, the ease of putting out music is fucking exactly. wild now, dude. They you don't know? even they they don't even have a fucking record out, and See, they, they're yeah. selling out shows in L.A. See, that's you know? I've switched my whole entire fucking theory on music, and I am not interested in putting out a record ever again. And it's, I, it's we're at single, and I've said it a couple times on the pod, but we're fucking. You're lucky to get two songs on a playlist, right? Yeah. I want to put out two to three songs a year, bangers, yeah, and fucking do it, and that's it. And if we get enough to put on an LP, and someone wants to put it out, great. Right. We put out this one record because I had a couple guys that had never put a record out and they really wanted to. Yeah. The band, you know, and I was like, fuck, okay, cool. But I am not fucking interested in an LP ever again. Yeah. Like, and, and it's be, and it's because of my exposure to the, like, the, what the kids are doing. Like, they don't, they don't okay. give a fuck about an album and it's hard. You know what I mean? Like, when you run a label and albums are so precious to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, my whole view has changed over these years, man. It's really fucking weird. We've got some old heads that kind of just follow the label. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. they're vinyl dudes. They're like me. And we'll put shit out. They'll buy it up, you know, because we did it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's we can get through a, a run of 500, you right. know. Yeah. But at this point, we just, we're, we're just finishing the pressing on this Weak Signal record, um, mm-hmm. which is this New York band. Um, this dude, Mike Bones, who is in Soldiers of Fortune and Endless Boogie. Okay. Um, yeah. he, it's his other project, and it's, sure. it's super fucking good. I'm not, yeah. not going to use this as a commercial. But uh, he – so we pressed – we started the pressing process in winter, um, and the record still isn't fucking done. Damn. Man, and just for the backup and the it, COVID well, and all so that. So the fucking – what really fucked it up, and it's never going to be the same – is the um, lacquer uh, facility going up? Uh, oh. The facility that creates vinyl lacquers. Right. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. It was a huge warehouse fire. And okay. they were the ones that supplied most of the lacquers for American records to be. Wow. Yeah. Um, and the fucking crazy thing with that is that, that lacquer process the process of creating those is so fucking toxic that they're 
the facilities that make them are grandfathered into the environmental protection agency. Right. Okay. So one of those fuckers goes down. You can't Never just start another one. Right. It's not right. going to happen. Wow. So now I think there's only two left. And yeah. And with like the fucking record store day and every yeah. major label repressing fucking Herb Alpert and the Tijuana fucking right, brass. Totally. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah. backing up people. Yeah, everything, like us. dude. You're not the first guy I've heard it from. I've heard it from many label guys. It's like this it's fucking so record cool. store day bullshit is killing everyone. You know what I mean? And then it is. And and vinyl's more popular now than ever. It's more it popular than CDs. You know what I mean? So and and I remember there was a time where there was one fucking pressing plant in all of the U.S. And right. everyone is going to pirate press because they press in the Czech Republic and everyone's yes. going to fucking this and that. You know what I mean? But now, obviously, they've sprung up and kind of got back in business. But it's still a fucking nightmare, dude. I it mean, is. it's, you know, if you're going to press a record, it's like you have to go out of the country or hope to God you fucking know somebody. You know what I mean? They can just yeah. slip your batch in real quick, man. You know? And it's it's yeah. wild because so the last time I checked in, we're, we're, we want to do more vinyl. I love records. So, like. Right. It's something I'm going to continue pursuing, but I'm not. I checked in with the plant before I'm now before I tell someone we're going to do a record with them. Right. I used to just be like, yeah, fuck it, we'll do a record, and then I yeah. do everything on the back end. But now I'm I have to call them and see what the turnaround is. Eight months to a fucking year wow. is the turnaround for one record. Right. In, in today's market, with all of this shit, the Spotify fucking title shit. Nobody's attention span is eight fucking months to a year. Right. Factor yeah. in the six months before that when you fucking recorded this piece of music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, it's the, the tides change too quick for this right. to be the length of time from start to finish for totally. a fucking record. Almost two years process. Yes. Yeah. It's yes. fucking nuts, to, man. To get, to get it on a In piece your of hands. fucking plastic. So, yeah, totally, man. It's crazy. Well, I mean, it just shows that it is a true labor labor of love, you know, because if you're still fucking doing it and, you you know what I mean, dealing with all that, I would have been yeah. like, well, I'm just lighting all my records on fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. We're um, still trying. I did want to ask you before we get out of here. Sure. Um, I know you worked at Vice. Yeah. I mean, this is in the the awesome Vice days, right? Before they were a fucking credible news source or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, was there some fucking wild times back then? It like, was, this is in the do's and don'ts days, right? Yeah. And all that shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, but did well, you have a good time working over there? Or was it fucking nuts? It was It was a pirate ship back in the day. This is so, pre-Proud Boys, right? So we're Yes. Getting, this yeah. is very, <laughs> the, and, and, you know, that fucking shit, it, it's so weird. So, obviously, I did work under Gavin McGinnis. Right. 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 I went to his fucking wedding. Like, wow, he, yeah. He was one of my. We had three bosses: Saru, Shane, and Gavin. Right. Um, and yes, this was like the the do's and don'ts days when the magazine was fucking funny. When it was fun, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of right. that was Jesse Pearson too, who is the sure. editor. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was. There were. It was a bizarre fucking office to work in. When we <laughs> first started there, our office was. Uh, a storeroom, like a tiny little storeroom in the back of Triple Five Soul, you know, like that streetwear jacket company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, so totally. We just rented from them in wow. Williamsburg. Yeah. And then, you know, things started going up with Vice. And we ended up moving offices to a larger facility. Um, and it, it was an odd office experience. Uh, and it was definitely one of the most intense uh, work environments. I've oh, ever. okay. Yeah. Um, 
But I think the biggest takeaway from all of this is how fucking weird it is that Gavin started the fucking Proud Boys. Dude, it's odd, yeah. And like, you know, like I mean, it's thing. not weird, but it's I mean, it's I don't know. I didn't know the guy at all, so it, I mean, I don't know. But I mean, maybe for so you, it's very weird, right? It is because like we're looking back. You know how drenched in sarcasm. Yeah, the, the yeah. magazine that I mean, especially that era they built their the fucking magazine. career off of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and then you go back and you start reading some of the sarcastic shit, and you're like, "Holy shit, this isn't sarcasm at all." Like this he's is precursor for some ignorant shit, dude. Literally yeah. just saying the same shit he's yeah. saying today, except he's doing it in a way that's like, "Ooh, I'm so yeah. cheap." Well, there's a picture of a fucking weird looking dude. You know what I mean? That it's he's saying it under or whatever. You know exactly. What I mean? yeah, yeah. yeah, it's odd, man. It, it, it is weird, and those are, and now it's kind of changed the the questions that. You oh, okay. When, when you say you've worked at Vice, it's like, oh, well, do you work with Gavin? You know, yeah. like that becomes the the foreground. The, the conversation, yeah. Not even going into what Vice has become like a credible news. Nobody, I know shit that Vice is. I know it's crazy. I mean, some of the source. best journalism, really. You know, what I mean, you see some it, wild shit, man. But yeah, it's just you know, it is that underlying thing. I mean, I I actually just said it as a joke i didn't even really consider it as a question you know what i mean but um, nope. yeah i mean because to see what it's become is a billion dollar fucking corporation is like yep wild dude and then for it to start in a box you know it's yeah I and know. i mean you know they those guys were ahead of it they knew mm-hmm. they knew what they had a fucking vision for what right. they were going to do uh i remember the meetings when the magazine was going to pivot i remember mm-hmm. Vice TV before you know they they started their they started whole, talking about it and all that yeah. yeah and then we we signed it they signed a deal with Viacom for the MTV you know um, mm-hmm. Jackass meets National Geographic show that they were right trying to do um, it, it it it's so weird to see all of that and then obviously what it's become today right right and one of my best friends is still with the company is still right. one of the the main cameramen that they use wow that's cool man but it is definitely not the same not at all yeah. no not yeah. even close <laughs> yeah man. Like bad old days you know well fuck yeah man well dude it was a pleasure having you on brother i mean yeah. I'd, I'd love to have you on again we'll chat again you know what i mean just bullshitting but um if you want to throw out some handles people where can people find the records all that shit go ahead and do it you know what i mean i'll give oh, you some it- shameless self-promotion we already we, we went over that. I don't, I don't need any of that shit. Yeah, yeah. It's, if you want to see pictures of his incredibly cute child and some gorgeous backdrop, go ahead and check him out on Instagram. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, Find the Colonel or Colonel there, Records. There you go, man. Uh, well, dude, pleasure to see you, man. I hope I get to see you for real one day. Fuck, Fuck yeah. You know. Oh wait, I got I got one more story before we okay, go. Okay, please. I, please I was do. thinking about this today when we when we were when I was walking home before this fucking interview oh, no. so okay. one of my favorite things craig related was <laughs> uh we were at the boston frat house yes during one of those fucking wild parties and cliff had an airsoft gun you know mm-hmm. like one of those little rubber bully fucking yep. pistols and i was shooting everyone at the party like a total fucking drunk asshole uh-huh. and i shot you like a few times and uh-huh. you were like if you shoot me one more fucking time with that pistol i'm going to cut you and i was like yeah okay so i like shot you and then you walked up and shoulder checked me and then like we oh, both no. had a little laugh about it and, yeah and I, I went home and i was taking my pants off and there was a fucking slice in my jeans. And I was like, that motherfucker actually oh, no. cut me. 
Oh no! I don't remember doing that at all, dude. Oh my god! I was blown away, and I was impressed. I was like, "Oh, that wasn't an error." Like I thought, you know, I thought your shoulder check was no. That motherfucker cut my fucking leg. Oh my god, dude! I used to fucking do that, and now that you say that, I fuck. You know what? Because that house is so fucking scary, dude. Like, because Boston guys like to fight. Yeah, you know what I mean, oh, yeah. and like every time I was there, it was like it was fun. But then there was like that one time where what's that fucking guy that always got in trouble, John or something? It like it got oh, weird, John Ford. dude. It got weird like every yeah. fucking time I was there. And I remember like at one point being like, you know what, fuck this, dude. You know what I mean? And I, I don't, I mean, no hostility with you. I don't know, and I don't remember no, no. doing it. But it, it certainly kind of tracks, man. For no, me. It, it it was an intense scene oh to walk into God, because you dude. did have all of those like yeah. super Boston dudes They're breaking like, bottles on each other and oh, shit. Fuck you yeah. know? God, damn and then it, you man. factor in like the hundreds of LA weirdos that would go through <laughs> the doors of those oh parties. My God. It was intense. Uh, and sure. I actually cut you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel it. Like, I, you know, I got home and I just was like, what the fuck? And like, there's just a, you know, like a, a decent four inch cut in my oh jeans. Oh my God, man. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> no, I had it coming because I was shooting you with that. Yeah, you shot me a bunch. Of, I remember that time. Yeah. God yeah. damn, man. Well, fuck. I appreciate you sharing that. And I, yeah, I was a psycho. Yeah. Fuck, dude. I, I, I was like fucking pull knives on people all the time <laughs> God, i don't know who am i Jesus. i know I, I look back at the shit i did when we were oh. much younger and i'm mortified by Dude. most of it i know right yeah <laughs> fuck thank god the internet wasn't real big back then i dude. think I about that all the fucking time like I'd be, I'd be on the podium right now. I'm sorry. I was a piece of shit. <laughs> I, just, I practice that shit in the shower. I'm just like, <laughs> one day I'm they're fucking, coming for me. I'm learning Mandarin. I'm going to give out apologies in fucking Mandarin. The whole deal, dude. I'm going full John Cena on this motherfucker. Dude. Exactly. Jesus, dude. All right, man. Well, you just made my fucking day. God damn it. I'm glad you like that one. Jesus. Man. Okay, man. Fuck well, yeah. fuck, dude. All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon, man. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Uh, thanks for tuning into the episode. Go ahead and check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash get heavy podcast. $1 a month gets you in the door. These episodes go up a week early. Um, bonus content, early access, all that shit. Uh, you know, I, I, I really appreciate everyone that's been on the Patreon. Everyone supported me in any way. It fucking means a lot. I'm still building this thing. I'm growing it. Uh, you can listen to this podcast on all major podcast outlets. You can watch us on YouTube. Check out the links in the bio. Uh, also check out the merch, man. Localshop.com slash get podcast. We got some merch. We got some sweatpants coming up. Uh, all kinds of cool shit for the winter. We're gearing up for winter. Summer is about over. I'm going to be doing hoodies, sweatshirts, all kinds of shit like that. Um, we're going to get some fucking cool logos, bro. We're getting logos on sweatpants. It's the new thing. It's the new hotness. Uh, so check that out. And also tell your fucking friends about this thing, man. Um, spread the word. Spread the love. Everyone that's supported this thing so far, I really appreciate it. It's building. It's growing. we got some amazing guests coming up. Uh, man, I just fucking, I'm thankful, dude. I'm thankful that even half of you guys that listen to this thing, even maybe want to hear me say dumb shit. I don't know. Uh, much appreciated. See you on the next one.